0: Welcome to Logix Magazine's self-taught tech podcast, where we help you become one of the smartest, most skilled, and best-paid professionals in the room. And in every episode, we share advice on how you too can travel the world, work with cutting-edge tech, lead million-dollar projects, and earn six figures. And today, what we're going to talk about is the lessons learned from being a self-taught PLC programmer. Hello, my name is Paul, I am with Logic's Magazine, and I'm excited today to be on this self-taught tech podcast with you, where we're going to talk about uh, some really cool stuff. I, I think it's exciting. Any time that you can, you can get advice from somebody who's done something, and you can shortcut your learning process, is invaluable. There's just not a better gift, in my opinion, than when you when you take the time to listen to somebody, and then when you go do it that way, you receive that um, that value, you receive that achievement that much faster. It, it is one of the greatest gifts, and and for the person giving it, you know we. You don't learn it as a kid, but as you get older, you realize one of the best things, one of the best feelings in the world, is when you give something, you know, when you help somebody, you mentor them, and you, you get an opportunity to teach them and train them, and then you see them take that knowledge and implement it, and then it works for them, and they come back and tell you, tell you how it worked, and they thank you for that. It's incredibly rewarding, it really is. So today I'm uh, gonna tell you a little story, and then we're gonna get into some super great advice. We got about 30 of some of the best PLC programmers in the world um, sharing their advice. We got advice from from PLC programmers from all over the world. That's what the great value that I'm going to share with you today. So what I did is I went to a website, a web forum called PLCTalk.net, and now uh, on my mag the magazine is Logix magazine that we run. It's a new it's a new enterprise, and uh, so. Um, uh, being the, the founder and the managing editor, I kind of w- thought it was it was time to introduce the world to Logix Magazine. Now, we, we don't have a ton of content on there yet. And uh, so I was kind of hesitant about um, introducing it to the world, but it was time. So I went to PLC.net, and a group of people from all over the world, PLC and Automation Programmers, and I posted a question and the question essentially was what are your lessons learned about being from being a self-taught programmer? Um, and I didn't know what kind of response I was gonna get um, I didn't know because because they would read the question they would read my my question They would probably go to the link or the website and take a look at it and say "Hey, this is good This is bad. And so it was my first introduction uh, of the website the magazine online magazine to the world, so I was a bit apprehensive, but I thought this is something I, I, I want to try And what I said was um, I, I said hello. I run a small online magazine called logics magazine our online website um, Anyways, I'd like to write an article about the lessons you've all learned uh, from being self-taught PLC programmers I'm aware that all, not all of you are self-taught, but for those that are I would appreciate your opinion of what a need be needs to know. Thanks for your input, and I got some awesome feedback. Uh, it was, it was, I was very ecstatic about it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to share those, those golden nuggets, those beautiful pieces of advice. Now, granted, these professionals gave of their time. If you don't listen, if you're trying, well, let's back up. If you're trying to break into the industry. And you get advice, and you don't listen to it. You deserve every bad thing that's gonna happen to you. These are golden pieces of nuggets. Some of it, you're gonna say, well, I kind of know that. It's no good knowing it if you don't do it. Sometimes you gotta hear something ten times, twenty times, and then it sinks in, and you're like, mm. you know, I'm a, I, I went and did it, and it worked. Um, we all have, we all have that. We all have that. Sometimes we just don't do, follow the advice the first time we hear it. Um, so I, some of this stuff's worth repeating and repeating and repeating because it's got we got to get through your Your thick skull sometimes and this goes for guys and gals Some of us think we have an idea of, of the way things should be without ever knowing what the heck we're even talking about uh, So I hope some of these points um, You hear them you hear them again and again And Some of this stuff's really uh, it's interesting. It's really cool. Some some things you probably never would have thought of Anyhow, um, so we're gonna go ahead and jump right into this this uh, session here, so uh, Genius training that's the uh, the uh, Identification of this uh, lifetime supporting member and moderator his reply that's this person's reply uh, says to find resources that will help you talk.net and YouTube are great places to start I agree get it's a number two is get some real hardware and software and dive in I agree you can't you, again? You can't just learn programming just by the software if you're going to do it in the real world now I, I just had lunch with a good friend of mine who worked at an engineering firm that I worked with a couple uh, I guess over a year ago and they actually have some some young guys out of college who are just doing programming, but me and this other engineer um, feel that without hardware experience, it makes your your prospective future uh, you know a lot less than what it could be. So um, it might work for this while they're at this engineering company, but if they move on um, not having the hands-on experience of hardware, uh, it's going to be much. It's it's kind of holding you back, but. Every place is different everybody has their opinions. Number three you will study the brand that will help you the most accomplish your goals. If you have a bunch of a B hardware at your work learn a B first. Number four before you start programming, write the project out and ID all the IO that you will need. So I think that was that's a great nugget right there. If you can walk up to a machine and you can get all the I/O and you can build that program. You're probably going to have 70% of that program written, with with the inputs, the outputs, and a large percentage of the outputs, your back checks, your faults, your messaging, all that stuff. 70% of any program, right off the bat, if you can identify the I/O. And I'm not necessarily talking about your analog, but just your discrete I/O. Being able to understand that that machine and get all that capture it and get it into your program and build that program you'll have 60 to 70 percent of your program building immediately then you save the other 30 percent of your brain power um, and your resources and your time for the more compli- part complicated part of your program very important as a beginner especially um, number five uh, if safety is involved get help I, I gotta tell you I, I don't disagree with that at all number six. Don't expect to land a job programming. Maybe start with something else. I agree. You know, if your ambition is to be a programmer, that's awesome. But don't look down at the opportunity to start out getting a couple years building control panels, doing troubleshooting, doing field work, whatever it takes. Learn as much as you can along the way. It's just going to make you that much better. Or if you have to do a job you don't really, you're not necessarily gaining from, Use that time after work to continue to practice, build your portfolio. Really important. Don't waste this time. Real important. So, uh, our next uh, response to our question is from Jay Dollerick, is a lifetime supporting member, uh, who says, "Make daily backups during a project with the date in the project name. You can delete them after the project has shipped." Now. I agree with the first half and disagree with the second half, but this is my opinion, and I'll tell you why. Though, the first part is, um, you need to make backups. If you if you if you don't, you're going to lose that work. It's going to crash. It's going. You're, maybe your issues with your computer, maybe with where you're storing it. Who knows? A, a a software update. Anything can happen. You got to have it. Now, as far as deleting it. Um after project has shipped I don't necessarily agree with that because sooner or later that customer is going to call you back and want an update a change a modification something And if you don't have it you're going to have that means somebody on site has to download it set put it on a thumb drive and send it to you Or you have to go through the the difficulty of trying to get them to let you log on online which is getting more and more difficult As companies don't like that uh, remote access feature so I recommend always keeping a copy of every program that goes out the door but that's just my opinion uh, this person uh, obviously looks at it a little bit different and that's fine every, we all have our our processes t gibbs if you have access to any machines with PLCs in them and you can upload the programs do it reverse engineering your program is a good way to learn different ways that people write code then you can decide what you do and do not like. I agree with that 100%. Anytime you can get a program, um, get, print it off and get print it printed off in PDF. Get a copy of that program, and and take the time to study. So, uh, I think one of the great things to do when you're learning, that's often not done. It's just not normally done. Um, uh, I think it's a missed opportunity. Is to print off your program in a PDF, or if If you want to if you have the software study it and take one night out of a week um, And study some program that you're not trying to write Um, And of course you need to be writing programs, but one that you're not trying to write that has some feature in it that your um, uh, Cameras color color sensors uh, Different types of lasers or whatever so you can see how somebody else writes some parts of it all right always be studying other programs if the program is too complicated one of the things you might want to start with is how do they write their inputs how do they write their outputs how are they are they using messaging um who knows all the different variables chunk up that program and trying to understand each chunk as uh, as a small pipe of the program and just Get that small chunk, look at it say, oh, I understand. I see what they're doing here. Okay, so definitely study in other programs, real important. Um, so Steve Etter says, break up the code in the small chunks rather than trying to accomplish everything in as few lines as possible. It's one thing to become efficient, but until you've become regularly effective, shooting for super compressed code just makes things more difficult for you and for everyone else following behind you. I agree. I... I think that PLC training is kind of bro- should be broken up into three sections. One, you're learning the instructions and how they work. Two, you're chunking it up so you learn how to write code for for a, an input, how to write code for back checks, how to write code for uh, uh, and on lights, how to write code for a light curtain, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Chunk it up. That's my personal belief. The third is, you know, you're you're going to be working with more, the more advanced stuff, your automation cycle, RFID, um, analog uh, processes, all the much more complicated processes. All right. So that's just my personal belief. Arsan, a member, uh, says keep multiple copies of the program. I'll usually keep an AM and PM version of the software when I'm on site. Put the date and version number in the file. Many times PLCs are version specific. The last thing you want to do is go to a site and not have the correct version software to modify the program. I use something like and he gives this person gives an example of how they title their backup files. So project underscore name underscore 2019 underscore 08 underscore 11. Underscore v 20 p 1 underscore a.m. So project name year month date Version am or p.m. Very simple, right? I like that. I agree with that uh, Because you're gonna come in in the morning. That's your backup Your default then you're gonna work all day and You're going to try to leave if you come in the next day or find out later in the day something all the work didn't quite Work quite right somewhere throughout the day You can always put, at least put in the AM backup, Uh, so that way they can at least run if they have to, and that buys you some time to kind of work on your programming. So, that's sort of the gist behind that. All right, Don Chattich says, hi, this person's um, a lifetime supporting member from Ireland. Uh, No matter how long you're at it, never be afraid to say, I don't know, but I will find out. How did you do that? I got that wrong. I think I need to rewrite that That's very clever. I wish I came up with that. That was not my idea. I saw it in another program And do you know your ideas better than mine? Read and help that is read and help that is out there um I agree with all of these these points Um, Having an open mind being humble Trying to be smart about what it is you're trying to do—all uh, of those are really important. Uh, don't feel as though you have to know everything. Don't be afraid to um, to thank other people who have helped and give other people the recognition they deserve. Um, it's real important. You don't you don't have to try to to be uh, what you think everyone what you want it. What how should I put this? You don't have to be this. This perfect professional. Everyone knows you're new. Okay? Don't be afraid of it. Um, be proud of it. I'm new. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do my best. Which means if I get stuck, I'm going to ask for help. You have to be willing to be a little humble in this this line of work, being new especially. All right? So that's what uh, uh, Don Chadich uh, is, is mention, mentioning here. So, Mobsoft, M-O-B-S-O-F-T, is a member from the United States. Uh, quoted uh, Don Chadich, says a plus one. That person agree, that person agrees. Van, a member from the United States, says learn how to simulate a system, and then have it all automated. Example: two valves in one tank. Open fill valve, the tank starts filling at a rate. Close valve and see the liquid in the tank, liquid level in the tank. Open the drain valve and the tank starts draining. No hardware needed, just an emulator or factory talk or anything for visual. All systems can be simulated and should give you a better understanding of how you expect the system to work. Indeed, simulation is real important. Uh, J. Zerb, USA, member, when you get frustrated and think that you're not going to be able to accomplish something. Uh, up to your own personal standards, walk away, take a breath, and zone out for a bit. Usually, when you come back to it with a better mental attitude, you see see things different. You see things that you didn't see before, and you can walk, work your way through something much faster. Never program something in a cool way that only you will understand months or years down the road. Just because you can do something a certain way doesn't mean you should. Mendancy. From the US member says be sure you understand the process you are trying to control before you try to write code to implement it totally agree um, uh, here the next post is how I thank all of the above for their contribution Harry Ting a lifetime supporting member from the US gives a plus one the Donna Chad Don Chadich uh, Fire Joe, U.S. member. Uh, for me, first and foremost is get as clear an understanding that you can of what the end goal is. But don't be afraid to change it to better suit your needs. Once you know the end goal, break it down to smaller pieces and tackle them one at a time, knowing that changing one piece will likely change another, but that's okay, as long as the end goal meets the end meets the goal. Second, play around with the technology every chance you get. Think of an idea that sounds like it would be fun to do and do it. Early on in your PLC career, I start early on in my PLC career, I started using them at home for Halloween and Christmas displays, and what I got out of that was one, I'd blow the neighbors away with regards to cool displays. And two, I have fun learning new things you can do with them. Third, try to solve other people's problems for your own education. There's been many occasions where I'd read what someone else is trying to do and if I had the equipment or close enough to it, I'd try to do what they were trying to do. I can't tell you how much I've learned over the years on that one, including one of the things that I probably use the most outside of basic programming. The subject of toggling an output or a single bit using a single input or bit comes up from time to time and for years. I'd ignore it, but one day I decided to follow along with a thread and found a solution that is simple and useful and discovered that it really is a powerful little tool to have in your back pocket. I can go on and on, but let me leave you with this. Some of you by now know that I volunteer in the fire service for 30 years, and I have learned a lot of life lessons. In that time, there's one lesson that I picked up from one of my mentors that has probably had the biggest impact on how I live my life and how I teach others in areas that I teach or have taught it's a simple quote with a powerful meaning a smart person learns from their mistakes a wise person learns from their mistakes and the mistakes of others I have respect uh, I have some respect that's what this website is all about lots of people who have made many mistakes but learn from them and now pass, pass them along pass along that knowledge I I totally agree with fire Joe um explore play try things out in unique and different ways you've got to you've got to become a bit obsessive in my opinion you've got to want it and work on it and think about it and believe in it and practice it and not let nothing get in the way Uh, to be able to use programming on Christmas lights is another way of just always finding a way to spend time working on it all right and uh, trying to learn from the mistakes that we're sharing in this podcast this is this podcast is the first podcast uh, for um, uh, self-taught uh, tech and um, we're sponsored by logics magazine so uh, it's exciting it's exciting to be able to take this very first this 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 groundbreaking, uh, time and share these incredible lessons um, with th- this listening audience. I'm just humbled. I'm, I really am honored to be able to do this and to share this advice. Uh, basically, what we're trying to, I'm trying to do here is is take all these lessons, share it with those that I uh, that that are breaking into this industry, and uh, hopefully they take some piece of this, listen to it, implement it. Um, I'm excited about that potential. All right. So James McQuay. James got got a nice little sort of response here. So we'll go through it. Rule number one, remember who your customers maintenance. PLC code that only the programmer can understand isn't a program. It's worthless. A machine can cost ten million dollars and not worth ten cents if maintenance cannot understand the code and troubleshoot the problem. Maintenance will give up trying to fix the fix it the issue and when the boss and, and when asked by their boss They would tell them they cannot understand the logic, no matter how long they try. So management hears about the downtime, your boss hears about the problem, and then you hear about the problem. Then you spend the next week, month, or year writing the code so maintenance can understand what's going on. In the meantime, you get a bad reputation. Your company may lose a valuable customer in the long run. Long story short, find out what the maintenance guys know and understand. Talk to them and let them know what's going on. Get them involved. Do training. Number two. Documentation. Good manuals with a sequence of events in the automatic cycle, CAD drawings that are correct with the machine, modifications made, mechanical, electric, pneumatic, hydraulic, a bill of materials, PLC program that has good run comments every five rungs or so. Number three. Only have one debug bit that is always on and only one that is always off. Document them at the beginning of the program. Number four. As already stated, break up the program. A multi-station machine can be broken up into individual station programs. Number five, only use one latch and one unlatch bit, not multiple latches of the same bit. Number six, get a good understanding of the machine operations and write it down. Get the customer to approve the document, then write the code in order of the machine sequence. Number seven change orders happen have all program changes documented and signed by the one requesting the change even if it's a 10 minute fix that document saved my rear and the company I work for and kept us out of a multi-million dollar lawsuit. I, I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly document 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 You get out, I call them my get out of jail free documents when when those changes are, are requested. Here's what's important. All right, those changes are gonna sometimes gonna come fast and furious, okay? sometimes there's just gonna be a little change. Just they they think it's little, but if you go in there and you make these changes, yeah, you you risk something not being planned for because the last minute change wasn't part of the overall scope of the work and may not have been vetted. And so when you go to make that change, It could be it could be a critical error Um, and I'm not talking about a bit, but some some significant change on your scope of work is critical to make sure that that um, uh, you have that. Hey, I made this change. Here's the whole scope of that change. Here's what you're agreed to. You get that signature on it. That's your get out of jail free card. Okay, Um, it's it's really important. Uh, I cannot overemphasize that number eight uh, Multi-station machines That do the same thing must be programmed identically using different bits not six different ways For example a six station machine using slick 500 station one B 13 T 14 C 15 station 6 B 63 B 64 C 65 same logic different bits number nine uh, you have numbers two you have two numbers, A and B. A is greater than B, A equals B, A is less than B. Always program that logic. A co worker years ago never programmed A equals B. Number 10, have a good attitude with your customer. You may be asked to never return. It does happen. Same co worker mentioned above. Plant manager told the boss to never send him there or touch his machines again. Again, I have personal experience where. Um, I've arrived on site to do some work. I explained what the work was to be done. The plant manager got furious, uh, asked me to leave, and then never come back. Uh, after several phone calls, um, I was allowed to come back. Um, what it, what had happened was uh, the plant manager just did not like to hear that, about the work that needed to be done of the process and the time it was going to take. Um, I had a good attitude. Plant manager didn't. But my my point with this explanation is that this example is that you're going to have people with various tensions that are arisen. You know, plant manager's got you know multi-million dollar company. The machine's not running. He's losing money every day. He's got paying people standing around. The tensions will be high. It's important that you maintain a good attitude, a positive attitude. This plant manager started screaming and hollering had I started screaming and hollering back this the arrangement would not have worked I would have lost out on this business opportunity. Mind you, I had to take a flight down there. So um, It's real important that you maintain a good positive attitude with your customer no matter what the level of tension uh, Number 11 never forget you can be replaced That's critical Anybody who thinks well, I'm the programmer. I'm not gonna be you can't do replace me is fooling themselves Okay, we are just Cogs in a machine now. We're an important cog in the machine, but we are just a cog in machine All right, we can be replaced Number 12 always make sure the machine is cleared of all tools and workers when downloading the program going to run mode applying plant air for the first time or making online program changes Um for newbies, these will probably be the some of the most important points to remember. Um, before clear all tools, all workers, everything when downloading the program, because once that program, once that machine goes uh, to run mode, um, it could react in an unpredictable way for a dozen different reasons. Okay, some of them are uh, might be entirely mechanical. And nature, but you're integrating a lot of different te- uh, systems, and all it takes is not uh, appreciating uh, the the energy, the stored energy, in any one of them, or the or the metrics um, for any one situation, and for that machine to move could could or tools to to vibrate as that machine comes alive, um, goes into possibly retracts into home position, whatever the case is. Loose tools has caused damage to people and machines. In my experience, Um, I've seen it done both times, both ways. So, very important point there. Um, Number thirteen: If you ask what, if you can ask what if this happens and you don't have an answer, plan for it. So that's critical. Try and part of our job, huge part of our job, is conditional programming. You know, um, if this condition happens, if this condition happens, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, this happens. We program for it. We plan for it. Okay. So number fourteen. The program in the PLC is the master. Don't assume you have the correct copy of your PC. Make a backup of the up backup of your PC program. Upload the program to your PC and make a copy. Keep lots of backups so you can go back to your starting point if necessary. As mentioned earlier, backups, backups, and backups. Um, And again, you're going to learn very soon, very quickly, uh, that you may not have, uh, in your PC, you may not have the, the most correct copy. Um and what I mean by that is even if you've installed the machine, you program it, you go away, you come back a month later, you go to work on the machine, or a week or two days later, you never know who they have a, who else they've had in there doing whatever type of additional editing or program modifications that you don't know about. Okay, so it's real important. Again, get that AM uh upload. Now you have it, and then you can you gotta take a little bit of time to study it, ensure Do a uh, program-to-program comparison. Now you know where you stand. And then, based on the work uh, work you do at the end of the night, the PM, make another backup. Okay? It's just good procedure. That's what's being uh, suggested here. All right. Um, Number 15. uh, Don't forget about Bubba. He loves to change things and never tell you or anyone else he did. That is... Exactly what I was telling. You never know who's gonna make what changes. All right. Uh, Jack's GTO, a US member. Just because a POC will do structured text or flowchart programming doesn't mean you should use it. Keep in mind, uh, if you're programming a machine that will, must, will, and must be running when you're not there, that the poor electrician has to go online may have no idea what the higher level programming is or how to troubleshoot it. You don't want any 3 a.m. calls because they can't figure it out. I've been programming ladder logic for 35 years. Listen to this, 35 years, and have never had a customer say I must use higher level language. But all of them said, uh, all of them have said not to if asked. So real important. Um, Gene McCormick is quoting Mendelcy. Uh, Be sure you understand the process you're trying to control before you try to write the code. To implement it exactly is what uh, Gene McCormick says. Pat Natural wave U.S. member. Last-minute changes can lead to problems. Um, yes, I, I was just talking about this the other day. So uh, you're packed up. You're, you got your, your your laptop all closed up. You got your tools packed up. You spoke to the leadership on the floor. You wouldn't talk to the plant manager. You're ready to go. You're ready to go out the door. And somebody stops you for a quick 10-minute update a quick 10 minute change pull out the laptop you hook up you make that change you pack it all say your goodbyes you know you get in the car and you're gonna you're gonna drive to the airport and and you got a flight out boom down the road five miles they call you your last minute change screwed something up last minute changes they they can they can break you Um, I can just tell you from my own personal experience they can cause you a great deal of trouble so be cautious of that do your due diligence and don't be afraid to take that extra time reschedule your flight do whatever if that that edit is that important then most certainly give it your due diligence because if not you will be flying back out to fix what you what you did okay and that ain't gonna go over well so will XF MR so will transformer lifetime supporting member from the US quotes James McQuaid and all 15 of their uh, that person's uh, James McQuaid's uh, suggestions Uh, From my view my point of view. This is the best advice yet. Bubba (laughs) so uh, Great stuff there James McQuaid and all 15 of those suggestions Um, uh, Cardo so say Carlos Sosea is a member from Great Britain, United Kingdom. Quotes James McQuaid. Remember your customers, maintenance, um, and states. Does this mean that the programs running aircraft cranes, marine vessels, and all sorts of equipment that only a program can understand are worthless? Personally, I disagree with this approach. Basically, meaning uh, what Carlos Sosea is saying. You can't always just write a program for maintenance. This is what I'm getting out of it. So, Carlos Oseo continues by saying, I know full well it's a trade-off between price and functionality, which maintenance departments would be glad to pay, but they don't get a say in it. But ultimately, there are plenty of examples of systems operating where the user doesn't look into the processor code to understand a problem. We should aim to do that as much as possible instead of starting from the assumption that the user will just plug in a laptop and have a look at the code when the machine stops, as that is a surefire way for them to actually have to do that. So uh, I totally agree with Ricardo Sosea. Um, I also agree with uh, James McQuaid. You really, the key here is this. If you, if you write the code in a way and you create the opportunity for maintenance to easily... Log in and start looking at the code, they're going to do it sooner or later. Somebody's gonna want to, you know, get in there and play with that code, and they're going to do it. That's not necessarily a good thing. The best, in my opinion, the best program is one which nobody has to get back at, it. it just works. However, um, you run that risk of writing a program that works from an engineering perspective, it's professional, it's well thought out, it, it meets the needs. But it's so complicated that when that time arrives and a maintenance professional needs to get in there and doesn't understand it, then you could have that problem. So it's it's about understanding the end user. So James McQuaid is is right in that respect. It does come down to understanding the end user. So Jessica Richards, member from USA. Basically, he said they'd love to listen to the lessons. So Jessica Richards, I'm writing and I'm putting this in a podcast just for you. Um, not entirely, but, you know, getting this out to you. So we're recording these lessons. I, I thought about how to do this. I'll take these lessons. We'll write some articles. I'm going to take them and compile them into a podcast. So uh, we can, we can, everyone can benefit from a lot of different ways. All right. K. Wade, a member, um, says um, that this person agrees with the um, uh, project file uh, naming protocol, you know, project name, date, year, um, version, uh, etc. So they they agree with that. Um, K. Wade makes a comment again uh, that they must respectfully disagree with Rule 5 for specific uses. My implementation of sequence FSM state machines uses multiple set reset latch unlatch instructions. They are, however, located or they are, however, documented sequence state memories. For generic purpose control, I agree with rule five. And rule five for James McQuaid was only use one latch and one unlatch bit, not multiple latches of the same bit. Okay. Uh, K. Vogel. U.S. member says read the manual, expect the unexpected and handle errors out elegantly and use timers wisely. Cheers, Ken. Very, really very valuable. Uh, Simple, uh, but important. Uh, Miles Petro, supporting member from Canada um, is quoting Jay Zerb: never program something in a cool way. So uh, if we recall that, uh, that suggestion uh that only you will understand months or years down the road just because you can do something some things in certain ways doesn't mean you should uh miles petrol says this is an important one to me if you try to do everything behind the scenes with aois for example it can be extremely difficult for, for someone who isn't you to come behind you and troubleshoot the program i will tell you this much uh we are I don't know that I could easily come up with a, an analogy, but um, what it, it's sort of like we are all our own stylist, And every time we we build something, we put it to our own style. When somebody else comes behind us, they have to try to understand that style, try to make it and modify it in a way that works for them. And that process continues every time somebody else comes up behind them behind the them in a program so because there's no there's no universal standard every engineer and tech will write their programs in the way that they think it should be written to get the job done so it, it becomes very difficult at times when you go behind somebody You can expect challenges on trying to understand what they're doing, and how they're doing it, because there's so many different ways to write a program. I once heard that writing program is so individual, so unique, that you can literally uh, tell who wrote it because their code writing is like a signature. So, um, and you got to kind of figure out what it is they're doing and how they're doing it. So, the simpler you can make it, keep things out front is what – Miles Petro is China State, and I can understand that that as being a great suggestion. Harry Ting, oh, also, aren't we all self-taught in some way? I'm sure many of us had formal college education plus vendor training here and there, but this is one profession that one has to do some learning on our own. Also, add this one: be cautious about making assumption on an area just outside your base expertise in that regard always try to widen your area of expertise in addition to the process of your industry learn pc pc programming it networking sql etc keep your mind open on how to achieve the best result for your customer everything couldn't be more right Uh, we are all self-taught in many respects so we may get foundational training from a vendor. We may get it from uh, an in-house training class. We may get it from um, a seminar. We, we can get it from college. You can get it from a lot of places. Um, but if that's the only exposure that you have besides doing the work on a project, um, nobody does that. Everybody studies at home. Every single buddy studies at home and does some learning. You, you virtually have to. Um, there's just not enough time um, at work to do the to do the learning and do the work that you're being paid to do So this is my uh, understanding my experience is that everyone does some sort of training learning you take an online courses You are getting the software Rather you buy a license you get the free stuff You bring home the laptop that you're issued from work with you at home and you work on stuff There's always a learning curve always Always. I I like to tell new people, you need to be working on it at least one hour every single day of your life. Every single day. Always learning. At least one hour a day. So, um, we are all self-taught in many ways. Jesper M.P. is a lifetime supporting member from Denmark and moderator. So, number one advice, think safety always. Prepare yourself and... For yourself and for your people around the machine don't hurry don't stress accidents happen when people cut corners when running machine the guards are possibly not in place for example cordon off the area be, but be very careful about starting dangerous movements that you cannot visually see from the position you are in and before leaving the customer site the customers must be trained in safety the safety must be tested and verified before the customer is allowed to operate the machine. He was assigned to that, uh, the machine is uh, safe and his personal, personnel has been trained in safety. If you don't do this step, an accident, it happens and you can get into serious problems. So Jasper MP, uh, very important. A lot of these points that are being made are all about process. You gotta develop your process. This is what I do every single time. This is what I do in this situation. Every single time, every single time, every single time, every different situation, you come up with a process that is well thought out. And Jasper MP is essentially saying um, to, to be very careful when starting dangerous movements that you cannot visually see from the position you're in. For example, the machine that's being The part of the machine that's being edited might be 30 feet away from where the uh, processor is that you're hooked onto, that you're hooked into. So, uh, and that these things do happen in the real world. And as you begin to work with that program um, in an energized state, um, it's very easy for the machine to, to be damaged when you're not visually down there seeing it. So, think safety, put in some redundancies, get some help, okay? very important Um, I can tell you uh, my own personal experience those things that happens that circumstance happens machines and equipment get uh, damaged and somebody can easily be injured all right now to ABEC, a US member I suggest listen to everyone even the janitor at the client shop will know more than you how a machine is supposed to run every person may be able to provide one detail or suggestion that would be beneficial to the project. Also, the people ordering and specifying the control may not mention or know every detail of operation. This has cost me time uh, when at commissioning. It is suddenly realized that something undisclosed has to happen before what just turned on can. Now I require engineering changes in writing with a known cause for the changes. So, here again, we're reiterating uh rather the last minute or or after the scope of work has been written and you're deep in their project and you discover that you need to make some changes so let's get that change order let's get it signed up get the scope of work written get it signed off for very important um, and then listen to the people who are there you know believe it or not the the the, the janitor um, i I can't. I'm trying to remember if I know somebody that this has specifically happened to, but it just seems so obvious that a I know this is this situation's happened where the janitor used to run that machine maybe for 20 years. Then they went into janitorial because maybe they got hurt, injured, injured, whatever. They took a janitorial job. That janitor might actually be the most knowledgeable person about that machine in the entire plant. So, never underestimate where you can get incredibly useful information. All right. So, James McQuaid making another comment. Um, uh, Cardo Sosea, the instances you referred to are very specific, and I agree that those are written for the programmers. Um, I'm talking in general terms of the average maintenance person. Most do not understand function blocks, scrap sets, sequencers, mass moves, etc. K. Wade, Rule 5, I had a 750 program, rung program written in RSLogix 500 for a 5 1500. There were 18 latch bits for a B13 colon, 2 slash 3 and 24 unlatches for that bit throughout the entire program with 8 subroutines. Add to that, there were 12 error conditions that would set the bit. When the program faulted, the bit was latched. I am in no way the smartest program in the world, but how can you tell where that bit was set? A co and I spent a week trying to figure it out and ended up rewriting the program. Latches do have their place and I use them a lot when necessary, but this example is what I'm referring to. Carlos will say, I'll give you that an aircraft isn't operated on PLCs. plenty of maritime vehicle vessels are, and are done in such a way that you don't have to connect the laptop to understand why it stopped. Yes, it is more expensive and at times a lot more work, but the end result is a lot better as it avoids using a laptop to complement uh, a poor visualization implementation or documentation. So, um, again, this is what Carlos will say is, uh, and I hope I'm saying that that title right, um, what that person is saying is a really well-written program with HMI and documentation. Um often really the the goal the goal for I would my piece of advice is or suggestions that a goal for a plc program is to never have anybody ever have to hook up a laptop to it that it works efficiently the documentation is is adequate more than adequate and the HMI gives you the power to to make input modifications and gives you the the adequate feedback so. That, in my opinion, is the ultimate goal for a POC programmer. But in the real world, uh, that doesn't always work out that way. So, AA a. Beck uh, comments, what I would do is set 18 different latch bits with, bits with H, uh, XIC, all 18 to OTE, one bit that would trip the fault condition. Then you can tell which of the 18 latch conditions was true. Yeah, that's one way of doing it. Uh, a, a james McQuaid responds to a Beck my co-worker and I wor- looked at the operation sequence and did just that the existing program jumped around so much we reviewed what I had programmed and he studied it for a couple of days discussed it again and put the program in minor issues uh, k Wade we're straying a bit from the uh, from the from the request we continue this another thread if you like so and the next one I just thank everyone for their contribution invite them to visit www.logixmagazine.com, which is what I'm doing with you right now. I invite you to go to Logix Magazine um, where I'm really trying to focus on the people behind the automation, the professionals, the technicians, the engineers, the program, uh, the the managers um, who are working with automation and robotics. Because there's a lot of places that talk about tech and teach tech, but they don't talk about the challenges to the people behind the automation so that's really our our focus there and I invite you to go to go visit that that webpage Um, so we've had a couple of additions here Uh, our poet learn from the machine operators they would uh, you they will discover all sorts of new interesting ways to trip up your carefully crafted program by trying to do things out of sequence, power cycling machine, trying to do steps out of intended order, etc. 25% of programming a machine is getting it to do what you want, 50% is coping with what happens when someone hits an e-stop, power is lost, the cycle has stopped, midway or something jams. The last 25% is the hardest, operator proofing it. You will know the system so well that it's hard to break. Break it by being ignorant of what should happen. Let someone else try to break it. I guarantee they will. I agree. Uh, I agree with that whole that whole that whole piece of advice. Twenty-five percent of programming a machine is getting it to do what you want. Fifty percent is 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 conditional. What are all the crazy conditions that are going to happen that you've got to outthink? Uh, if not, if you don't do that due diligence there in the scope of work. Plan for it. Uh, you'll, you'll be back with a laptop. Simple as that. Simple as that. Okay. Doomsword from uh, Croatia. Their suggestion, their advice is that they quote our poet about 25% of the program. Also, wanted to comment. Uh, they, they're commenting. I wanted to write something similar to this from my short experiences like that. You write a sequence, make it work, and then spend three times more more time to make it fail proof for all possible what ifs. And then you can still miss some ifs. I agree. Send shit, ninety five ninety member from Canada. Whatever happens and however good the system and program design is, it always breaks. Apply KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. And get someone else to agree. To agree that it is simple. It's always simple according to the main programmer. In simulation, always. And always do do multiple cold starts and see if the program is still working as expected. Great advice, Sanchet, 9590. Couldn't disagree. James Requade quote, uh, Responding to a cinch at 959. When I worked for an OEM before I left, one of the requirements was that we gave a copy to maintenance of them study the program, and then we got together to discuss the program, its operation and sequence. By keeping them involved, they felt like this was their machine also, and we rarely got calls. And when we did, they really had a problem. Do I oversimplify PLC programming? Probably. Do I write a detailed document when a two-page report would work? Definitely. Why? Not everyone in maintenance rights programs for a living. The documented, the detailed documents is for the next guy they hire or a co-worker has never worked on that equipment before. Signed, James. This is, this is so true. I, taking the time to, to, this is all golden stuff. It's, it's just so real. I'm, I'm thinking back to all the different projects I've worked on where good documentation, going slow, working with the maintenance team, bringing them on board, uh, trying to build a program that would not need anybody to, to hook up a laptop into, um, and still trying to think of all the conditions, all the what ifs that could happen and putting that into a program, critical. Um, again, a lot of this comes down to processes. Developing the process, to write a good program, okay, and then having the habit to follow that each and every set, single time. So, Salt George, a lifetime member from the U.S., uh, gives a plus one, the Chad, Don Chadich. Um Job 9000, an interface is like a joke, if you have to explain it, it's really not that good, meaning take extra time when creating HMI screens, alarm text, etc. It is time well spent. It, you know, something to, to look at and think about is, um, simplifying your HMI program. It's a balance between giving too much information, um, on those screens, which I have seen. Oh my God. The programmer put so much stuff in that HMI. So much stuff. Um, it was just overwhelming. It was difficult to find what you needed. um. um and, and and but keeping it trimmed back so that it becomes uh effective but simple okay so uh i started doing some hmi um performance style programming so uh, I, I did that, a little bit of that and that's just kind of a, a very a particular style of uh of hmi build but anyhow um It's it's a tight. It's a it's difficult sometimes on processes. It does take some Some restraint not to give too much, but yet try and keep it simple Um, It it is a balancing act there. So um, SEC PCB SEC PCB US member How about don't try to do things that you are sure you will remember later? Uh, Write comments and descriptions on how and why you did things 'Cause when you get it when you get in it in three years without comments, you will you will be just as confused as everyone else. I got called to one machine I built here when we sold it and for the life of me I swore I never programmed it or, or saw it or programmed it, but it had my schematic and my drawing structure. So that is that is true. Odds are, uh, if you're in this business long enough, one of your programs will circle back around You'll open it up, and you might say, "Holy crap! What the heck was I thinking? Uh, I must have been smoking something here. This is not uh, not how I program, uh, but it's going to be your program." So um, it's interesting when that happens. Uh, you get a glimpse of how uh, you've improved in your style and your and your methods of programming. So, anyhow, this is this is. There has to be, I didn't count them, but I think there's around 30 different suggestions from people from all over the world. Best lessons learned for those who are self-taught PLC programmers. And like I said, everyone there and virtually all PLC programmers have a large percentage of uh, being self-taught at home studying, um, trying to figure it out, studying uh, programs uh... The PDF, the, the the programs, learning the software, and, and and trying to work their way around it. If you hopefully you can take some points that I'm I'm thinking about, and you can kind of envision these circumstances, these conditions that have come up, and and uh, you can say, you know what, I see what they're talking about, I understand it. I hope that you can walk away with some interesting takeaways. From this, because regardless, if you're in this business long enough, every single one of these points are going to come come to fruition. They're going to happen to you. All right. So good documentation. Real important. I'll write an article upcoming taking this. You can read it. Maybe, you know, you have a, a um, some points, bullet points that you'll be able to, to take away. Uh, this is really Incredibly valuable uh, stuff right here for you. So anyhow, I hope you you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, it's our it's our uh, first podcast for this self-taught tech sponsored by Logix Magazine. Uh, if you get a chance, go to www.logixmagazine.com. We have a lot of growing stuff there. So um, if you have any questions, got any feedback, some additional suggestions. Feel free to contact uh, me at the on the webpage and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. And we'll add it to our upcoming article for this uh, for this subject. All right. So until next time, uh, we'll see you next time. All right. We'll talk to you again. Take care.